Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. Thank you, Skylight, for having us, yeah? Um, Thank you all for coming out. Uh, It's always wonderful to be in L.A. It's great to see you. I don't know what all these grown people are doing without kids here, but I appreciate you joining us. You'll... uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to make do. Yeah, all the parents who made time to come. Uh, I don't think we can say enough uh, what a challenge it is to get around this town to do anything. Yeah, and I appreciate you being here. Young people, it's great to see you. Good luck. All right. It's really nice to see you. Um, listen, gang, uh, I'm just going to first tell you how we're going to work this. Uh, normally, we have some AV so that I would just put the images up and we would follow along. We don't got AV because we're gangster here and we're just gonna do the best we can and follow it along. I know this young man, by the way. No and love, so get ready, you know? Um, So here's what we're gonna do. We are gonna break this up a little bit. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about me and about um, how this story came to be. I'm gonna read a little bit of the story, right? Then we'll have a little question and answer, right? And the first thing we'll do is we'll get questions from the young people. And if we have time, all you really old people, myself included, if you got some old people questions, I will answer some of them, right? Because there's always old people questions. Signal to sleep, yeah? All right, cool. So let's get started real quickly. I always do this. I'm always interested. Is there anybody here from my home state, New Jersey? Oh, you didn't wait. Come on, man. You're not even waiting for the questions. All right, Jersey. What's up? We got like four of us. Omero, we're the only ones. We're in Jersey. West New York. Nice. All right, that's New Jersey. You froze, bro. You froze, young person. Great. All right, we got people from New Jersey. I'm talking and thinking about where I'm from. Um, Where I'm from. So, do we have people who are or their parents are immigrants? Y'all should be louder than that. You're in California. Yeah, man, I think... One of the weird things that we have is usually when we hear the word immigrant, um, people get nervous on all sides. <laughs> but I really do think we have, to, we have to rewire that. Yeah, I think when we hear immigrant, the only reaction should be joy and celebration. Yeah, because otherwise we will lose what old people call the effective war. Yeah, so let's try that. All right, let's go. How about... Any, what we would call, the young people are calling Latinx, Latina, Latino community. Man, I know, they're, they're trying, you're, a little slow start, but you're getting there. Nice to see you. How about folks from the Caribbean? The Caribbean's all up front, man. It's nice to see you. Cool. How about, again, these are just the people I am, even if they don't always want to be with me, right? How about people of African descent? Are we here? Man. L.A. And we're all up front. And finally, my last beloved group, are there any Dominicans here? Good to see you. Oh, ahí va Doña Sigue. La Doña está ahí con su tambora, man. Estamos bien. Good stuff. Great to see you. Really great to see you. So, young people, let's get started, man. Let's 
tell a little story. First and more, first and foremost, my name is Juno Diaz. The only reason that's weird or interesting is because I, my first name is actually French. Does anybody here speak French? Wait, you speak French? Really? Good? Say something in French. Bonjour. Oh, yes. Yes. And your accent was tight. Excellent. It's true. My first name is French. I was given a French last name. My parents had a Haitian friend, and they gave me their last name. My last name is Diaz. It is a Spanish last name. Who can speak Spanish? How did we all get up front? Whose Spanish is great? Give us something. Hola. Diablo. These kids are just, they're just trolling me. Who else speaks Spanish? Aquí, negra. ¿Qué comiste hoy? Hola. That's from the Dominican chapter. Spanish. Uno. Uno, that's good, yo. So, it's weird. I have two last names for my name. All right? Now, what am I and who am I and what do I do? I'm a writer. What I do for a living is tell stories. I think it's the best job in the world. Telling stories is super fun. Now, I come from a family where nobody tells a lot of stories. My mother wanted me to be a doctor. Anybody here's parents wanted them to be a doctor? No, you're lucky. Yeah, my parents wanted me to be a doctor. I did not decide to be a doctor. Nice book. Yeah, I decided to tell stories. Now, this is strange. Huh? My mother got really mad. My mom's still mad. I'm not joking. You're laughing. I am 50 years old. Do you know how old that is? It is really old. I see my mother. Yeah, but your dad looks better than me. It's true. We have Roger Denver Smith here, and he looks like 20 years younger than me. So, yeah, my mom, I'm 50, I see my mom, and she still says, why did you do it? So, I am a writer, and I tell stories, and I was born in a place called the Dominican Republic. Now, for the, non, for the non-Dominicans, do you know where that is, young people? You're a Dominican! That's cheating! I am from an island in the Caribbean. Yeah. Now, what happens to me? I am born on this little island, and when I was six years old, my family moved to New Jersey. I kind of love it. They're like, no, I like doubting. When I was six, I moved from my island to New Jersey. And I was one of those kids who had a lot of trouble speaking English. I had to learn English. I was terrible at it. I was so terrible at learning English that my first two years, I did not say a word of English. People thought that something was really wrong. But even though I didn't speak a word of English, I actually learned to read English. And so what happens? I decide, el diablo. I decide, I decide, yeah, that the thing that I love most to do in the world is read. How many of you young people love to read? You came a little late, Negra. You like to read? Yeah, okay. Well, look, if you're a young person and you want to be a writer or tell stories, three things you need. First, you've got to love to read. Second, and most important, You've got to love to write. Yeah, how many of you like writing? Anybody? You like writing? Your hand gets tired? Yeah. Look, you like writing? Have you written books? Well, I'm practicing. I'm practicing a lot. Oh, that's awesome. 
you can't be slower than me. So I like your style. Well, two, one is reading, one is writing, but the super secret of being a writer, which even the old people sometimes don't know, is that you gotta love one more thing, and that's the super hardest thing. You gotta love correcting what you write. <laughs> yeah, most young people do not like correcting what they write. In fact, they get mad when their teacher tells them to correct stuff. I'm a nerd, really nerdy. I love correcting what I write. <laughs> the great secrets of being a writing. So, a writer. I write this story when I'm a lot older. A story about my own life coming from an island, the Dominican Republic, and moving to New Jersey. We're going to read a part of this story. Now, hopefully some of you have the book in front of you. If the young people do not have the book in front of them, someone will share with you. Just look and share. I'm going to steal a suit right there. Nah, man. I'm, allow me to make the young person work. Azul, let's do it. I am going to start reading this little story for you. Aquí viene el libro. All right, here we go. What's up, young man? Good question. Am I going to read the English and the Spanish? You heard me speak a little Spanish, right? My Spanish is all right. Let's run. <laughs> So here we go. What I'm going to do is I will read the English, and if we can bear it, if we don't fall asleep, then I will read the Spanish. All right? All right, let's do it. I feel like the Spanish has more takers. Yeah? All right, the Spanish might have more takers. I will find a copy of Lola. Oh, we're almost there. Okay. Here we go. I wish, so you know, I wish my students were as good as y'all. All right, here we go. This is Island Born. Now, I'm going to read part of it, and I'm going to talk through part of it, because it's easier. Now, here's Island Born, yeah? Our hero of the story is a little girl named Lola, yeah? Lola is from a place called the island. Lola left the island to come up north when she was really little, before she was one, before she could start remembering. Yeah? Now, Lola lives in a community where she lives in a town in a neighborhood where everybody is from the island. And everybody spends all the time talking about the island. She can't remember it. And one day, her teacher asks her class what to draw a picture of the first place they're from. Lola goes to a school that she calls the school of faraway places. All the children are immigrants. So the teacher, Mrs. Obi, says, Draw a picture of your first home. Problem is, Lola can't remember her first home. Here we start reading. Please draw a picture of the country you are originally from, your first country, and bring it in tomorrow. All the kids got super excited. I'm going to put in pyramids, said Dahlia. And I'll draw a canal this long, Franklin said. There's gonna be a mongoose in mine, Nelson yelled. Nelson always yelled. Everyone was talking about their drawings. Everyone but Lola. You see, Lola loved to draw but she had left the island when she was just a baby, so she did not remember any of it. Lola raised her hand. She hated raising her hand almost as much as she hated Nelson's yelling. <laughs> miss, miss, what if you don't remember where you're from? What if you left before 
you could start remembering. No problema, Miss Obi said. Are there people around you who do remember? Like my whole neighborhood, Lola said. And they are always talking about the island. Well, then, Miss Obi started, maybe you... But Lola finished her sentence. I should talk to everyone who does remember. I should draw from their memories. That is a very good plan, Miss Obi said with a smile. Now, Lola, yeah, is excited. She's got herself a plan. She's out in the schoolyard. All the kids are talking about the pictures they're going to draw. They're all remembering their first home. But little Lola down here is worried. She can't remember anything about it. So, of course, she puts her fingers on the side of her head like her mother psychic sometimes does to focus, to focus, and she tries to remember, but she cannot. Now, Lola goes to her cousin Leticia and asks, Leticia, what do you remember about the island? And Leticia says, I don't remember a lot either. But except for the bats. They were as big as blankets, and they used to chase after me at night. Blanket bats, Lola said. She started to draw. Then Lola and Leticia stop Mrs. Bernard, who make the empanadas in the neighborhood and ask Mrs. Bernard what she remembers. And Mrs. Bernard says, I remember the music. How much music there was on the island. How everyone is always dancing. And Mrs. Bernard says, on the island there's even more music. More music than air. And everyone is always dancing. In their sleep, people dance. And Lola draws, sleep, dancing. Yeah, and you can see everyone is dancing in their sleep. Even the grown-ups. They go into, they walk into Leticia's brother's barber shop and ask Leticia's brother what he remembers. And of course, what does he remember? The agua de coco. Yeah, coconut water. And Mr. Rodriguez, who's getting his hair cut, he remembers the mangoes that are as big as your head. Yeah? The woman waiting for the haircut for her son says, what I remember is how much color there is on the island, how everybody is so colorful. And of course, her son says, well, it wasn't all great. The sun is on you like five bullies. Now, Lola keeps asking over and over. She's like, wow, the island sounds so beautiful. Why did we leave? And no one has an answer for her. Lola goes see her grandmother, her abuela. That's a great idea. Yes. Yes. It is always a good idea. Any chance I get, I go see my abuela. Yeah, we're at this page. Here we are. She goes see her abuela and she says, Abuela, I need help. I'm supposed to draw a picture of the island for school, but I don't remember any of it. Why don't I remember it? Iha, you were just a baby when you left. But the other kids remember. Just because you don't remember a place doesn't mean it's not in you. Will you tell me what you remember the most, Abuela? And then we go to the next page, this beautiful beach page. And Abuela says, what I remember the most 
are the beaches. Iha, our beaches are poetry. You know when you hear your favorite poem, that's how it is to be on our beaches. Fish jump up from the waves into your lap, and at sunset, sometimes the dolphins will come out of the water to bow good night. And up north where I'm from, there are even whales in the surf. Beach poetry. Dolphins. Surfing whales. Lola sketched as fast as she could. Now, then... Lola's mother runs in and says, Ah, oh, here's what I remember. I remember the terrible hurricane that struck the island right after you were born. And you look at the picture of the hurricane, it's blowing everything. So, almost everything. Keep me exact. Lola's abuela says, You know what, Lola? You know who you should speak to? You should speak to Mr. Mir, the superintendent. He knows everything about the island. And Lola says, Mr. Mir is mad grumpy. <laughs> and her abuela says, don't worry about it. I will fix everything. So Lola's abuela calls Mr. Mir's wife. They yell at each other for a little bit. And the next thing you know, Lola is at the super's apartment, ready to ask about the island. And we flip the page, and we see Mr. Mir in the super's apartment. And Mr. Mir looked up from the contraption he was fixing. Your grandmother says you've been interviewing people about the island. Lola nodded nervously. Yes, sir. It's for a class assignment. What have they told you? She flipped to her sketches. Bat blankets? More music than air? Fruit that makes you cry? Beach poems? And a hurricane like a wolf? I see, Mr. Muir said. So no one told you about the monster? Lola's eyes got wide. She shook her head no. Even those who know don't always want to talk about him. Mr. Mir turned towards the old worn map he had of the island. Our island has always been a beautiful place. It was when I was your age and it is today. But even the most beautiful places can attract a monster. A long time ago, long before you were born, that is exactly what happened. A monster fell upon our poor island. For once, Lola's pencil did not move. And now we see the monster. It was the most dreadful monster anyone had ever seen. The whole island was terrified, and no one could defeat it. It was just too strong. For 30 years, the monster did as it pleased. It could destroy an entire town with a single word, and make a whole family disappear simply by looking at it. Lola's curly hair was uncurling with fear. Did you see the monster, Mr. Mir? Yes, all the time. Were you scared? We were all very scared. Me too. I was definitely scared. Lola's heart was pounding. So what happened next, Mr. Mir? What should always happen to monsters? Heroes rose up. Strong, smart, young women like you, Lola, and a few strong, smart, young men. They got tired of being afraid, and they fought the monster. And what a battle that was. 
The whole island shook from their struggle. The monster tried all of its evil tricks, but in the end, the heroes found the monster's weakness and banished it forever. And that's where we will leave it. Thank you. So, all right. Here we go. We're going to have some questions. So, one last page. Look. Here goes the Spanish. Ready? Wow. Sucedo Lola. ¿Y qué le pasó a los héroes? Nadie lo sabe en la realidad. Fue hace mucho tiempo, dijo el señor Mayor. Se quitó sus lentes y suspiró. Ahora creo que debe subir. Es casi la hora de cenar. Gracias, señor Mir, dijo Lola. Muchas gracias por toda su ayuda. And we turn the page. And we see Lola upstairs in her apartment with her mother and her abuela. ¿Cómo te fue? Le preguntó su mamá. Muy bien, dijo Lola, observando el papel en blanco que tenía en los manos. En las manos, perdón. Tigre, está medio tigre. Here, last page. Lola pasó el resto de la tarde dibujando la isla. Comenzó con una página pero necesitaba más espacio. Así que añadió otra página y luego otra y pronto tenía un libro. Trabajó durante la cena y trabajó en la cama. Ya le estaba dando los toques finales a la cubierta cuando entró su abuela para ver si todo estaba bien. Hi, thank you. Who is this? Ready? Let's get some questions. This young person has a question. What's the monster's weakness? What is the monster's weakness? Oh, let's open that page. Let's see if we get that. Oh, here we go. One. There we go. This, this page should give you a clue of what's the monster's weakness. Song, definitely music. Yeah, you all know how music makes you feel. Happiness. Happiness, most certainly. But you see how all the people are holding their hands? Friendship. We old people have a word for lots of friendship. It's called solidarity. Friendship. That's the monster's weakness. Another question. Alright, coming for you. Was the monster real? Was the monster real? Now, now look. Here's the deal. Yeah? No, it's important. Some of you are too old to believe in monsters. I believe in monsters. Yeah, okay. Right, you don't believe in any of that. When I was five, I believed in monsters con cojones. Right? When I was seven... I didn't believe in monsters at all. But here's the deal. The best thing about being young and knowing a thing or two about monsters is you begin to realize that your experience with monsters, not whether you believe in them or not, but how when you were little you fought against monsters is going to be very useful because there is no place that doesn't have some kind of monster. And when you were little, you beat your monsters. When you're grown up, you'll be able to beat your monsters. Now, there's a question from this young person. I don't know, but um, how could she make a book? Hmm, yeah. Yeah, well, she made a kind of a book that you make in school where she put a bunch of pictures together and put them together. 
So the other day, I went to a school and I asked the students, have you made books? And they said, yes, we have. And I asked this one young person, how many books have you made? And this kid said, I have made 6,000. So I think it's possible. I think it's possible. My abuelita was born in the island. Oh, that's so great. Hopefully your abuelita knows my abuelita. My abuelita, I don't know if your abuelita is like this, but I have never seen my abuelita eat. She's always cooking, but I've never seen her eat. So that's like me and my four other brothers, we're five, we are always trying to catch my abuela eating and we've never seen it. So that's our big deal. Oh, Negra, what do you got? Did you see the monster? Did I see the monster? Here's the funny part. I was born after the monster, but I did see the monster's child. The monster had a child, and I saw it, and it was scary. Did you scream? I not only screamed, I'm 50 old and bald. I'm still screaming. I'm not kidding. Why are monsters so big? Yeah, I think, you know, here's what's really important. When you're scared of monsters, they're really big. The more scared you are, the bigger they get. But have you noticed something, young people? When you're with your parents, when you're with your friends, monsters never come out. The more that you have friends and the more that you have your family, the smaller and smaller monsters get. The reasons you stop believing in monsters is because they get so darn small, they disappear. But they're big when you're afraid. And if you're afraid of a monster, more friends always. Always more friends. That's the answer to everything. That's I agree. Why are you so smart? Good for you. I will see you in college. Here we go. I made a book at school today. See, you made a book at school today. And you did it today, right? What was the book called? It needs a title. You should, it's like giving a name. Is it called the... I don't know. But you should always name a book. It's like having a pet. Yeah? You can't have a pet called Cat. Well, my mom had a pet called Cat. If a monster hurts me, I'll just, I'll just beat it back. Oh, if a monster hurts you, you will beat it back. That's also an answer. I myself was a wimp. I never liked fighting. All right. I feel like we have time for a few more questions. Anyone else? Any young person? All right, you're young enough. I was just going to comment on you on not only, as always, your attention to detail on your words are incredible, but also it reflects in the, in the book, in the drawings itself. There's so many little nuances and details within the, the drawings of the book. And for example, the last page where you have the three Mirabal sisters throwing daggers at the, at the monster, that's just, that just made me cry. Thank you. Thank you. My artist is, uh, my artist, the best thing about doing a collaboration is that if you're going to do a collaboration, always pick somebody more talented than you. If you're going to pick a team, pick someone bigger, smarter, and faster. And so that's what I did. My artist, Leo Espinosa, is a genius. That book is, this book is good because Leo made it happen. And I'm one of these people who, I like books where every time you look at the picture, you see something new. This book has what the old people call visual and semic density. Is that a question? Yes. One time my dad was, well, my dad was signed up to wrestling, and then he picked up this wimp. He looked like a wimp, but when, when he was on the ring, 
<laughs> My dad actually got beaten up by the wind. Yes! That is an important lesson. I'm coming. That is an important lesson. If you are from the island, we had a question up front that I didn't get to answer. If you're from the island, who here has seen a mongoose? What's a mongoose? A mongoose looks like a squirrel. The problem is a mongoose will attack anything. It doesn't matter. A mongoose will pick a fight with a lion. And every animal always thinks that it can beat a mongoose only to find out that mongooses whoop ass. And so your dad decided to pick a fight with a mongoose. This always happens. Um, my mom used to be in your class. Wait, your mom used to be in my class? What's your mom's name? Marisa. Oh my God, you're Marisa's... Stand up. <laughs> Holy cow, you're huge. Your mom and your father are brilliant. You know that? No. You don't? Yeah, you don't know this yet, and it'll take you a while. Oh my God, Negra. Yeah, your mom and your dad are really, really genius. You'll figure it out. Yeah, thank you. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, we'll take these two more questions, and then everybody here in the front can take a nap, and old people will talk some stuff. I forgot what else going on. It's all right. Yeah. I'm a, um, I'm a teacher for my real job. In other words, the job that, like, pays the rent. And uh, my students, every time I ask them a question, they're like, I forgot what I was going to say. So you said the mongoose would come in a fight with anything. So would it come in a fight with a, with a tree? No, mongooses are smart. Trees don't pick fights. But I'm not kidding. When I was young and I was in Santo Domingo, I saw this big neighborhood dog decide that it was time to fight this mongoose. And this mongoose messed that dog up. They're so fast. It was like scratch, scratch, and the dog started crying. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, one more. You forgot. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. No rush. <laughs> Take a second, think about it. Yeah. I bet you it had nothing to do with fighting dogs. All right. Gang, we're out of time. Let's take a few questions from old people. The people who have their kids and need to leave, you know. I love you. Yeah. Um, any old people have any questions? Sorry, you have a question? Oh. Wow. This is what I mean, man. All right, there is some people. Yes. Shh, hold on. Yes, someone said, my interlocutor said, I am from the Philippines, and I'm glad you like Filipino food. Well, I grew up in New Jersey. I don't need to Pinoy explain to you, but I grew up around a ton of Filipinos, so it wasn't just the food that I liked. Yeah, yeah man. You know, that, the thing about being from the Caribbean and meeting Filipinos is you suddenly realize that the last islands of the Caribbean are the Philippines. <laughs> or we're the first islands of the Philippines, whichever way you want to think it. Now, have I seen Black Panther? Yes, and I am not going to talk to you about Black Panther. Did you have a question about that? Were you going to put me on the spot? Hey, Black Panther. Here, this is for those of you who are the, the millennials who like tweeting. Black Panther is the most awesome movie ever. Now, for those of us who don't tweet, Killmonger was right. Anyway, whatever. I'm going to wear a shirt. There was somebody right behind you who wanted to ask a question. Is there a reason why um, you chose different names for the Spanish and the English version? Yeah, the title. For those of us who speak Spanish and English, 
Island born is one of those English words that Spanish can't mess with. The way that there's a ton of Spanish words that English can't mess with. And I couldn't come up with anything that worked. I could come up with stuff that sort of worked, but then it would feel like I was just... Making up words? Yeah, just kind of not giving Spanish its due. So I decided to go a completely different direction. And I thought Lola, for those of us who know Spanish, Lola in Spanish means, sounds, and feels different than Lola in English. You meet a Lola who's in the English world, and you meet a Lola in the Spanish world, and it's two different people. It's true. For those of you who don't know, you don't know, but take my word for it. Now, there was a question all the way, same back, and then we'll try over here. It took me, Oscar Wow, 11 years to write. Yeah. Whatever, don't clap. Don't. That wasn't encouragement. You should not encourage laziness. I have a question here, and then I have a question all the way back there. Great to have you here. We're all fans. Oh, hi. Question, would you consider adapting your novel into... Um, miniseries or uh, movies or... Yeah, yeah. They're wonderful stories. Thank you. I was asked, have I considered uh, adapting my novels into miniseries? You know, I've had people option my books, and option is like when, for those of you who don't know, you're in California, I don't have to explain this to you. <laughs> Two-year-olds learn that, you know? So, you know, they, they pay you very little, they hold the book for a year, then they decide that they don't want to tell stories about Afro-Dominicans and call it a day. So I've been asked, and usually the proposals, and I don't mean anything about the people who write the proposals, the proposals tend to be really bad. So I decided this year that enough with bad proposals, and if, if, uh, if there has to be a bad adaption of my book, I'm going to try it at first. So I'm trying to crack Oscar Wow as a... 10 episode series and but wait don't clap don't clap Oscar Wow this is not me just patting myself on the back Oscar Wow is actually I I did not realize how difficult I made things yeah I did not realize how difficult I made things so um, I'm having no luck with it straight back Thank you. Yeah, so my sort of what's my investment in perhaps like what's my relationship to children's literature as well. Well, I have a very strange biography, like I think many immigrants, depending on when we arrive to our nation, there's a big gap. Yeah, so for example, I arrived to the United States when I was six. I was not literate before I arrived. By the time I could learn to read, it was, I was eight, which means that I missed out on the entire experience of children's book. I never had children's book. By the time I learned to read, I was too old. And so I am missing an entire chapter of my literary life. And like any book nerd, you're haunted by the pages that are missing from your book of books. And I was always sad about that. And I would hear other writers talk about their experience with children's book, didn't have it. Then I became an adult who was the writer and had to read children's book to all my godchildren. And that's a very strange, uncanny thing. To have no relationship with children's book, but then to have to constantly read children's books. And I think a part of me got very familiar with the books that I love. A part of me was really interested in children's literature from the point of view of someone who didn't have it. And I think I began to write this book as an attempt to give myself a book that I never had. And to give myself an experience that I never had. Plus, it's an incredibly difficult form. So if you're as slow of a writer as I am, 
It's a perfect form for a slow writer because its difficulty is endless. And then, as far as life-changing, well, what ends up happening is that you read the books that you enjoy because you're reading them to people. And, of course, you read the books that your friend recommend. Um, I, myself, am very, very partial to Edwige Dantecat's Mama's Nightingale. And I'm partial to everything Jackie Woodson has done, Jackie Woodson has done. Her children's books are amazing. They need to build a museum to that woman. She's so powerful and amazing. So, I don't know if that's an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Please. And we'll take like two more and then we're done. Okay. Uh, was your thought process in writing Island Born similar to maybe Lola's uh, thought process in doing her book? Uh, yes. Was my thought process similar to Lola? I would argue that for me, again, for the older folks, for me, I always thought the, my favorite books told a story and then modeled, had within them an instruction manual for telling the same kinds of stories. So that not only is this a book, I would argue, that you can just enjoy on the face, but also teaches you how to write these kinds of stories. And I think I'm just nerdy and I'm always looking for teachers. I always liked teachers. And even when I'm writing a book, I think I'm trying to build a teacher. Because I, any chance I get to be around my teachers, I always took it. I, I was fortunate, I had some good teachers. You know? And so one last question, who's been waiting? So we'll take two. This young person here and that young person back there. We'll start with that young person back there. Yes. I'll answer them both. You probably can't tell this. I again, young people, close your ears. I come from a military family. I come from a highly traumatized military family. Um, a good portion of my family uh, are vets, combat vets. My father was a combat vet. And if you grew up in a military family, one of the weird things that you learn is how to regulate affect. Very few people, I would argue, and this might just be my arrogance, very few people can read me. And so most people think that this is fun for me or that I have skill in this. The truth is, my partner and my friends will tell you, after any event like this, I need about a week to recover. And that's not a joke. I am a profoundly private person. It costs me a lot to do anything in public. I might seem like this is casual. I worry about it for days ahead of time, worry about it for days after, which is probably why I spend as little time as I can in public. And when I have to be in public, I practice beforehand. So who is my best friend? Now, there, of course, because we're Dominican and we're Caribbean, we always have more than one. Always have more than one. In fact, three of my best friends are in this audience. My partner, Marjorie Lou, Roger, Denver Smith, and Sh and Shinya Ono. Yeah, Jersey, West Coast, West Coast. Brown is a different book than This Is How You Lose Her, right? And I'm curious about the revision process and how you changed as a writer, as a person who revises this creative work um, when you were writing the stories in This Is How You Lose Her versus how you were when you were writing Brown. Yeah, I was kind of, again, I, when I wrote my first book, I had, I wouldn't say the foresight because somebody told me to do it, I had the fortune, the fortune of having a good mentor who, when they heard about my project, that I was going to write a multi-volume book about the same set of characters, they said, well, you need to insulate yourself around the passage of time. And so how do you insulate yourself around the passage of time? Is that you have to remember an important key component of any text that you write, especially around fiction, something that we call 
the old pros or the young pros, the point of telling. Which means that what is the relationship in time from the person writing the text to the text. So when I wrote Drown, I understood that Drown was being written by my protagonist, Junior, only a few years after the events, the final event in the book happened. So Drown itself has all the urgency of an urgently told tale. Junior hasn't spent a lot of time reflecting on it. Right? And that was important to me. And so then when I did Oscar Wilde, I set the point of telling 12 years after the last possible event in the book. So that Junior, the narrator, shows a lot more reflection, like he's done a lot more with the text. And the text takes on a different valence. And each one of my books, I try to do that. Why? Because by doing that, it keeps the book completely steady, microscopically coherent in ways that elude people if you don't do that. And second of all, insulated me from the way I was going to change as a writer. It builds that into the text and therefore keeps the volumes strangely consistent. And it spared me a lot of trouble. Most people don't care about these consistencies. Most of them are invisible. But as an artist, it really mattered to me. And if you're interested in doing any work, I came up very differently. I came up in a time before everybody wanted to be a writer. These days, everybody wants to be a writer. When I grew up, I think there was 500 people, some incredibly small number in MFA programs. Now, there's like 50,000 people in MFA programs. There's not that much reading. There's, we, don't, we didn't need that extra people, but there was a way to make money off of all of our ambitions. The problem when you have like 30,000 writers in MFA programs is that they're under a lot of pressure. The competition is really hard. Most young artists feel an enormous amount of pressure, and so they're always rushing everything. They feel like if they don't do it tomorrow, someone's going to scoop them. If they don't do it tomorrow, they're not going to be there, the new Zadie Smith with the 23-year-old super famous and super rich. For me, I grew up in the slow zone. And it, no, it saved my life. Anything that's valuable about my books was produced in the slow zone. And I'm offering this as a final option. Most of us are told that slow is bad. Most of us live in a very exigent space. There are many things that you can do in the slow zone that nobody in what we would call hyperspace will ever do. And we need books created in hyperspace, but we also need books created in the slow zone. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.